You're listening to Strictly Business Podcast with Lindsay Williams. This edition of It's My Money is brought to you by Brenthurst Wealth, your partner for global wealth creation. It's time for It's My Money. It's My Money is a regular weekly feature brought to you by Brenthurst Wealth. And Brenthurst Wealth has been voted SA's top boutique wealth manager in both 2017 and 2020 and is consistently in the top three or four. With me from Brenthurst Wealth today is Mags Haystack in Johannesburg. Mags, you want to talk about the current market conditions? I mean, we could spend a couple of hours talking about them, but you want to talk about the sort of options people have during these rather turbulent times. And I imagine, as I've said to your colleagues over the last few weeks, you must be getting calls every single day saying, what do I do? What do you suggest? Is it going to get worse? You must be inundated with nervous clients, Max. Well, yeah. Firstly, thanks again for chatting with me and, you know, try and provide my opinion. That's first and foremost. You know, Thank obviously you. everything we discuss is is not the wrong or the right way to invest. It's just to provide perspective on, on things and, you know, how, how we kind of perceive things to, to be in the investment environment. But, you know, the, the current environment for investors has, you know, been a horrible six months. And, and the, the biggest question we get, as you've mentioned, is, well, what's going to happen? What is What does the future hold? And unfortunately, myself and, and no one else included, has the answer to that. Now, as an advisor, part of our role is indicating to clients, you know, what has happened, what could happen, and, and you know, what the options that, that people have. Now, what I would like to discuss today is, in, in large part, a case-by-case basis. It's not a, it's not a band-aid approach. It's not, you know, one-size-fits-all. But in, in our current environment, we, we're finding a lot of, you know, the more risk-averse clients looking for for solutions, primarily based on the fact that, you know, it is such a bitter pill to swallow to see your investment value going down. And and I know we, we, we're dealing with this on a daily basis. We are talking with clients. We are looking at values. And if you may or may not know, you know, the S&P 500, the, the main U.S. index, is down by more than 20% since the start of the year. The, yep. the NASDAQ, which is the main tech Tech index is down close to about 25% of the year. And these are all values in dollar terms. So we have been seeing extensive losses across the board. And basically, I think to discuss is, well, are there alternatives? And I think that is the, the topic of conversation for today. Okay, well, let's have a look at that now. Because when the conditions that you've just described are in play, which they are, of course, you say to yourself, I mean, I say to myself, as a, a potential normal investor, I'd say, okay, let's go defensive. Let's go into cash. Because interest rates are rising, so I can at least get a little bit more than I would have done a couple of years ago. So go defensive. And if you want to be defensive in an asset class, you go for, I don't know, maybe healthcare or food or, or something like that. But you've got some different ideas and you put forward to me in your notes to me structured products. Now, people don't understand structured products unless they're very sophisticated. What is a structured product? Please, Max. All right. That's a very good question. And from a South African environment, a global environment, there are many, many different investment firms that that do offer structured products. Now, the long and the short of it is that a structured product is essentially an investment structure that's providing a certain level of assurance in relation to, to the capital. Now, not to get too technical, you know, a very good example could be that they 
are providing you with 100% of your, your capital after five years and with a big asterisk, and I'll get to that in just a second, yeah. but basically they're providing you with your, your starting capital regardless of, of market performance. Now, in most cases, they do provide what are called participation rates. Now, that is a, a geared aspect to the, let's say, the returns that that, that particular investment can, can provide. And in most cases, they have a limit on the amount of returns that you can, can experience. Now, in order to, I think, provide a very, very basic uh, ex- explanation of it, you, you, as I mentioned, there are many different companies and it's always always good to you know talk to your advisor with, with different options. But, for example, a recent structured note that we use is providing a total upside of 54% over a five-year period. So, to make it simple, you start off with, let's say, for example, 100,000 Rand, Regardless of okay, not regardless, but let's say the market, you know, does does quite well, you will be capped at fifty four percent over that that time frame. So that's one aspect of a structured note. On the other hand, you start off with a hundred thousand rand, and the market is down by fifty percent. You will still receive your starting capital back after the the term. In most cases, it's five years, but you do get three year structured notes, you two-year structured notes, et cetera, et cetera. This is very interesting, um, Meg. So but essentially what you're saying is that uh, you go into this product and after five years, if the market has fallen in a heap, you've still got your original capital back. I mean, there's, obviously there's opportunity costs because you could have put it into the bank and earned a couple of percent interest here and there, depending on which geography you're in. Uh, but anyway, your downside is fixed. And presumably they have uh, their derivative products that make them able to offer that. But on the upside, if the if the market suddenly surges 78%, you are capped at 50, 54% or whatever it is. It might be quite attractive to someone, although over five years, I must say, bear markets don't last for five years, I don't think, do they? They don't. And the, the I think the biggest component of a structured product is that it takes a huge level of uncertainty out of the equation. Now, if you recall, I did mention at the start of our chat that it's not for every investor. You know, someone who's in their early 20s and still has, you know, 50, 60, 70 years of investing, probably not the best the best products because it's the upside is limited. But it makes a lot more sense for a risk-averse investor who cannot stomach the current volatility that we're experiencing and provides a very, I think, you know, at the end of the day, what what the product is selling is certainty. You you have a certain benchmark that is provided from you from the onset of the investment, and you know, regardless of market performance, I will be in a certain band of returns over the next five years. You know, if you go in the extreme negative, if the markets are down, you'll receive your starting capital back. If the markets do very well, yes, you will be capped but at least you know that it will also provide a, a, a certain level of return and i think and especially in the current market environment and it's not to say we are placing a bet that the markets are going to drop another 20 30 percent or that they will recover it just provides a lot more certainty for, for investors especially in my opinion investors who are at that point of their let's say investment lifetimes that they are currently drawing Incomes, they you know don't have the ability mm. you know to stomach another ten fifteen percent drop, and now 
time to catch up over the next five to six years. It's but certainly, it's certainly a comfort, isn't it, Mags? I mean, it's, if people are nervous, and most people are nervous after the last six months, what might happen, whether this be the bottom or whether this enduring bear market continues. It is a, a crumb of comfort to know that your original capital is protected. What type of investor should utilise the structured product that you've just described? Um, so in my opinion, the more conservative investor, I think this is a, you know, where the, you know, the dot hits the bullseye for the type of investor who should be looking at this. A defensive investor or conservative investor doesn't necessarily always mean someone who is a bit older. Um, it could be someone who, you know, perhaps doesn't have the ability to invest more capital or lose capital. They don't want to take that risk because they might have, you know, they have children who need to, you know, they need to pay for varsity fees, things like that. It's it's for the risk-averse investor who doesn't necessarily want to lose a sizable portion of their um, investment in you know in, in future market movements. They want stability, and they want the added benefit of knowing that if markets do well over the next five years, at least they can benefit and participate to an extent given what happens. And for me, it's definitely the type of investor who just wants you know to sleep a little bit better at night, knowing that a, perhaps a sizable portion of their portfolio or even the entire portfolio has a lot more protection built in. And coming back to that asterisk that I mentioned earlier, nothing in life is guaranteed, unfortunately. Typically, how a lot of these, these structured notes work, investors basically are utilizing what are called zero-coupon bonds. And not to get too technical, yeah. but a zero-coupon bond is essentially a bond that does not pay interest during that lifetime of the bond. But they are basically, um, the investor acquires those bonds at a discount, and that is where the, the capital assurance comes after five years. It's that discount that provides the investor the ability with the, you know, the starting capital and then those those zero coupon bonds are then sold at maturity in you know three five years at the level of, of you know what the investor has, has been put in. That's a very very um, basic example. I'm sure there are a few um, you know people in the bank shouting at me that you know, you've got it completely wrong, but that's just a one <laughs> example of how it works. But basically, the, the issuers of those zero coupon bonds are in these cases a lot of the big banks. Now, from an offshore side, you know, we do offer offshore structured notes. A lot of times it's the big, big offshore banks, one notable example being BNP Paribas. And from a local side, Randy-nominated structured notes, you get banks like ABSA, Investic Private Bank, just as an example. And those banks would have to go under for these type of investments to, to become, you know, worthless in that sense. So there are a lot more structures and defense mechanisms built into the, the structured products that provides that that capital assurance that, that I've been mentioning. So it's definitely a safer option um, for the, the more risk of those clients in, in, that, in that point of view. Okay, what if someone doesn't like that, doesn't like the fact that um, his or her upside is limited, but uh, likes the fact that the downside is limited as well, but a five-year period is quite a long time. Okay, they want to stay in equities and they say, well, let's get defensive. People still have to eat. People still have to go to hospital. And they still have to buy drugs. So food and healthcare. Would you say that is also an option, a defensive option, given the current market conditions, i.e. defensive stocks that are not recession or bear market proof, but certainly uh, 
have some of the qualities that the growth stocks might not have, Max? A, a very, very good point. And again, it comes down to the investor and how comfortable they are with that. You know, the, I think one of the biggest conversations that not just myself, but I think investors globally is that, you know, if we look throughout history, the bear market is typically followed by a, a very big recovery in, in the equity side because, you know, companies are much cheaper now. Um, you know, equities are, are being priced in a big, big discount. So I think for the investor who wants to take risk and, and has the ability to take risk, it's definitely a buyer's market right now. The biggest issue that we that we are facing right now is that we don't know if this is the, the, bottom, the bottom of the market yet. You know, U.S. inflation um, figures for, for June, you know, the June CPI figures are coming out tomorrow. That's going to be an all-eyes-on event, um, and that will dictate, you know, what's happening. Is the Fed getting inflation under control? We don't know. Um, my money is on the fact that it's not. I think inflation will probably be higher or if not the same as as as, as opposed to what happened a month ago. Yeah. And that's probably going to translate into a further increase in the, the U.S. interest rates. And, and the, the biggest reason why we are so focused on U.S. interest rates is due to the fact, you know, the U.S. economy is still the largest in the world and, you know, highly dictates what's what's happening. Um, I think it will also further down the line um, paint the picture for a potential U.S. recession. And, again, we could see equity markets further weakening. So, Again, how it all ties into to you know investors right now. Yes, if you can stomach volatility, it could be a very you know opportune moment in time right now in, in relation to the equity markets. There could be a recovery, but again, I think investing is not not always a, a straightforward exercise. You know, investing is long term. You know, it's, we always make a joke that we sound like broken records when we when we indicate long term. But if you are buying exposure into equity or whatever it is a long-term thing so basically to summarize with structured notes and i will quickly touch on if we have time just you know for two two minutes on for people who are annuitants yeah the structured note provides a much much higher degree of certainty as well as stability for investors yes you are not potentially participating in 100% of the upside over five years. Yes, I agree it's a, long, it's a long-term thing, but that's the trade-off. The trade-off what a, what is about that. the tax treatment of these products, Max? Is it favourable? In most cases, they are capital in nature, um, so very much the same as, as holding equity. Um, so what that means is if there is a capital, a net capital gain after five years, you will be taxed on it. Um, if there is... If there's a capital loss within the structured notes after you know five years, you get your starting capital back, so the, the net gain will be zero. So that's you know very very straightforward. Um, you can also place um, you know some some platforms do allow you to invest through endowments, which basically means that your tax position will be slightly better as opposed to going through a, a straightforward discretionary product. Um, so that's just also something to, to keep into mind. So there are different vehicles to, to use to get exposure to these structured notes, but the bottom line is that there is a very large market and many, many different alternatives 
currently available to to investors. And of course, if you're confused by this, then of course, go to your financial advisor and he or she, of course, will let you know exactly the ins and outs and whether it's right for you or not. Just at the last part of your note that you kindly sent me, life annuities. I spoke about um, life versus living annuities with Rocco Fansail, your colleague, last week. But maybe just give us your view on this and and why you brought it in, uh, given the current market conditions. Yeah, so I think once again, it's it's just about providing certainty. The biggest difference between a life annuity and a living annuity is the income. Now, a quick, let's say, refresher 101 on, on you know, options on, on retirement. A living annuity is, is, is a market-linked investment. Um, you know, you can have up to 75% in equity. You can have up to, or used to be 100%. It's now capped at, at different platforms uh, in terms of your offshore exposure. But the annuitant, at the end of the day, can decide how much income to draw. It's between 2.5% and 17.5%. And when they pass away, that full value or the annuity goes to the beneficiaries. A life annuity, and, and I'm just summarizing it as you know, so much more that I haven't really discussed, but a life annuity is basically an agreement that you make with the life assurance companies. So not insurance, assurance. It's slightly different because it's dealing with the annuity space. But an investor could approach um, one of these companies. There are many in South Africa. They might say, look, I've got a capital value of three or four or five million rand. The company will then come back and say, right, based on this amount, based on your age, some, you know, take take further characteristics into account, such as your, you know, your health status, things like that. They they might then say, we will provide you with X amount of capital over your life. That's where the, the component life annuity comes into play. Now, some do provide inflation-linked income. Some don't. You know, in the, in the case of not providing inflation-linked annuities, they provide a much higher starting amount. But the risk with that is the living annuity, if invested and structured correctly, has the ability to grow. The life annuity is, at the end of the day, this is what they're providing. This is your income. This is what you're getting for the rest of your life. And also, the the biggest difference is what happens on death. Living annuities, as I've mentioned, the the full value goes to your your beneficiaries and or the or sorry not and or just or the the income. The life annuity, depending on the company as well, you might only get back a portion of the capital or the beneficiary might only receive a certain percentage of the annuity and until they pass away then then that money is basically you know goes to the life insurance company. So again, what are the type of investors? It's it's I'd say investors who are possibly drawing too high of an income right now from a living annuity. A life annuity might benefit them more because it provides you know stability and from a budgeting point of view you know exactly how much you will be getting in, in, in future. Um and again, the, the estate planning, um, you know, pros and cons. But at the end of the day, and I think to summarize, you know, either discretionary or what I refer to as sticky money, it just depends on the investor and what level of assurance and, let's say, structure that they require as, as an investor. And again, it's always, you know, beneficial to discuss that with your advisor. But I just thought it is a theme that is probably going to get more traction over the coming months, especially with the increase in volatility that that we've been experiencing. Max, lots to digest after that 20-minute conversation, but thank you very much for your your insight. Uh, Max Haystack is from Brentos Wealth in Johannesburg, and that was It's My Money. 
It's My Money was brought to you by Brenthurst Wealth, an award-winning boutique wealth management company. The views and opinions expressed in these podcasts are those of Lindsay Williams and various contributors and do not reflect the policy, position or opinion of any other agency, organization, employer or company associated with strictlybusinesspodcast.com. Assumptions made on the analyses are not reflective of the position of any other entity other than the speaker or the author. And since we are critically thinking human beings, these views are always subject to change, revision and rethinking at any time. Please do not hold us to them in perpetuity.